know, it's interesting. One of the scriptures the Lord has been really speaking, it's Psalm 27, 4. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic, and most of you probably know it. The one thing that I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek and inquire for and insistently require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord or that I may dwell in his presence all of the days of my life to behold and gaze upon the beauty. You know, to, to behold and to gaze, that means you have to what? Be still and be aware, right? Yeah. To look. I've never met a, a society that is so busy, right? I think it was Amy that was sharing some devotion or something that she was reading. And in that, it said this. It said that Jesus actually walked slow enough for a crowd to follow him. Isn't that interesting? We are in a hurry. We're more spirit-driven than we are spirit-led. Jesus walked slow enough for the woman to touch the hem of his garment. It's to be still and to know, to behold and gaze upon the beauty. When we have an opportunity to be in his presence, sometimes we need to be still and be aware that he's here. But a lot of times we're in his presence, we're in a time of worship like we were in tonight. And I wonder how many of us were thinking of McDonald's or pizza, or when are they going to be done with this song? Or when are we going to be done with this? Or when are we going to move on to this? Right? That's called distractions. You know, they were very, in, in, the, in the New Testament, the, the Pharisees, the religious people were very offended that Jesus didn't, the Messiah didn't look like they wanted him to look right? Sometimes we can get offended at the way things are going and we miss him being here. Am I making sense? Offense is a thief. Say offense is a thief. Offense is a thief. To behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord. Just reading out, the, out of the Amplified can make you offended. It's like, is she ever going to get through with that verse? <laughs> I'm wondering that myself. To behold and gaze upon the beauty. Do you know that Jesus is beautiful? Do you ever gaze at something that's beautiful? You know, like sometimes if I see some, somebody, like a woman that's beautiful, like that's, I mean, I just like stare. And I'm, I'm not attracted to the same sex. I just stare at something that's beautiful. You ever see a sunset? Maybe that's a better way to do it. Can you edit that? Can you guys like take that out? Who does the editing? Okay, Brandon, take that out, honey. Take that out of there. That I say I stare at a beautiful woman. But I mean, I do sometimes. But anyways, a sunset. You ever see the sunsets in the summer? At our house, we, we, we can see the sunrise 
and the front. And at night in the back, we can watch the sunset into the river. It's just absolutely beautiful. And we can gaze at that for hours. Oh, it doesn't take hours. I mean, it just takes like minutes, to, but we stare at it until. It's to gaze upon Jesus. It's to take the time to, to, to sit and to look and to be aware of his presence. Amen? I was just thinking a little bit about, um, I think this is a word for somebody. Can I just share it? Okay. You know, I was talking about the construction here. When they were going to start the construction, we were like, oh man, you know, how many know that construction is never convenient, right? It's like we're mad when they don't fix the roads and we're mad when they fix the roads. It's like these roads are so bumpy, all the potholes, and then they go to fix the roads and they were like, man, they're always going to detour and I got to go this way, right? But it's true. Construction is never convenient. And so we, we've been here and we've been watching the construction as they... First, before they can actually pour the new, what did they have to do? What? So before they can put the new road, what did they have to do? Tear it up. They had to, right? They had to tear it up. If you want to know what big machinery, what the big machinery is actually called, find a little kid. I had Jackson out there showing me and telling me what each piece of machinery was. I'm like, is that the bulldozer? No, that's the excavator. I'm like, okay, that's the skidster. But it took all different, listen, I'm, I'm going to preach right now. You guys ready? It takes different kinds of machinery to do the work, right? So they had to come and they had to take up the old road so they can lay down the new and it was a mess I was watching this great big huge thing I, I don't know if it was a I don't think it was a crane I don't know what's the thing that comes with the bucket and it picks up the big pieces of cement and throws it in the dump truck okay backhoe well I was watching this guy and you know it's like it's like these these guys on these big machines it's like they go back into like being a kid. And I was watching this guy and he was having a lot of fun on this backhoe thing. And he was like breaking up the cement and he'd pick it up with this big claw and he'd put it in the dump truck, boom. And I mean, literally, honestly, we've, we've been here, right? And it feels like an earthquake. The building just shakes. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And so he picks up another one and he drops it in the dumpster and the big dump truck thingy. And then he picks up another one and he misses. I'm like, ooh, you missed. And he's still trying to pick it up and he can't pick it up and he can't pick it up. And then all of a sudden he takes that arm thing and he goes, Phew! and the big clunk of cement, you know, went over. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I'm like, that was his way of being angry. He threw this thing down and he, but they had to tear up the, and in the demolition, listen, in the demolition part of things, there's a shaking, right? 
And I was interesting, I was up in my office one day and I could feel like the, the whole building, I swear, was just like rumbling. And I thought to myself, I thought, it's a good thing that this building has a strong foundation because the demolition and the shaking going on outside was not affecting the building that I was in. Because the building that I was in is built on a foundation that even though it could be shaken, it's not going to be affected. Is anybody in the house listening to me tonight? There's many of you that are going through shaking. See, if that demolition was happening in Cumberland, at the place where these guys are, in the building that they bought that the foundation is cruddy, it would have went... You guys wouldn't have had to do any, right? Right, it would save you guys a ton of money if they had ripped up the roads there, right? Difference in foundation. See, the Bible says in Hebrews that we, it doesn't matter how shaken we, we are, we get, because I'm gonna tell you, if you haven't been shaken, you will be shaken. And I believe that we're living in a time, the church worldwide, I believe, is in a shaking. I believe that there's a shaking, but it, what it's doing is it's shaking all that can be shaken. And we have to know that we are on a foundation that cannot be affected. Do you know that Jesus was never affected by a storm? Jesus slept in the storm, right? He walked on the waves that the storm created and he spoke to the storm. He never allowed the storm to affect him. He affected the storm. Jesus was complete peace in chaos. And you and I have the ability to have complete peace in chaos. And I don't care if your world is being shaken if you are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it can feel like it's going to be, but you can be at peace and say, shake all that you want to shake because it will not affect me. This building was not affected by all the demolition that went on. And now we get to watch as they picked up the old and got rid of the old. See, there's not one piece of old concrete left. They got rid of it. Say, get rid of it. Say, get rid of the old. So you can have the new. A lot of you have the old because it's comfortable. But that big, what was that thing? Backhoe, whatever that thing was, is coming. It's called the Holy Spirit, and it wants to break up the old mindsets. Listen, it wants to take the idols that you have set in your heart what is an idol is anything that you have given the throne in your heart to. Listen, I'm about ready to drop it right now. Anything in your life, do you know that ministry can be an idol in your life? Anything that takes the place in your heart that should have Jesus sitting there. Does that make sense? Do you know that your kids can be an idol in your life? 
They can be. They were in my life. Do you know that your chihuahua can be, can be an idol in your life? Ah, oh, Simba. I've got a chihuahua if anybody don't know. His name is Simba, and he's really cute. And he's so cute. Peace in the chaos of life. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 says this, is you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Many of you are in chaos because your thoughts are in chaos. You're looking around wondering, why is my life in chaos? I would like to propose to you that maybe it's your thought life. This has been a very chaotic season and I have, I have felt more peace in this season than I have felt um, probably ever. And I believe it's because I have been intentional on the what I'm thinking about and how I'm thinking about it. The Bible says that we have control over our thoughts. It actually says to take our thoughts captive. So in other words, we tell our thoughts what's up, right? David said this often. He said, why so downcast, O oh my soul? He spoke to his soul often to remind his soul who was in charge. You guys remember that? There's three words I believe that, that God said, spoke to me on. It was stop, look, and listen. Stop, look, and listen. What does that remind you of? What's that? Stop, drop, and roll. Hi, Austin. Welcome back. Welcome home, Austin. Austin's been gone for three years. And you finally came home to us. And we're so happy you're home. He was out in Bethel. Uh, I was going to say Beth, Bethel, California, but that's not right. <laughs> Redding, California at Bethel uh, Ministry School. And now he's come to teach us all that you learned. Right? Amen. Woohoo. Stop, look, and listen. Somebody said that it's what you do before you cross the street. You know, why did the chicken cross the road? Nobody will ever know because chickens don't talk. Everybody's like, why did chicken cross the road? I don't know. Ask the chicken. They don't, you know, it's, isn't that just, did you ever think of things, how dumb they are and people get a kick out of it? It's like, wow, okay. Stop, look, and listen. It's what you do before you cross a road, right? It's just interesting. But stop. We're talking about peace in the chaos. Stop. Psalm 46.10 in the Passion Translation, it says this. It says, to surrender all of your anxiety. Be still and realize, say realize, that he is God. See, sometimes we're in such a hurry that we don't realize that he is God. We got to stop. Say stop. Stop. We got to stop at the speed of God. Some of us are in such a hurry that we miss what he's doing now. I would, I would bet to say that most people are not present. Like even here tonight. Most of you are here, but you're not here. Am I lying? 
No, come on, be honest. I forgive you. I, I don't take offense. I'm not offended. See, Peggy's here. One. No, seriously, are you ever in a place and you're here, but you're not here? I believe that's the majority of us. But we need to be present. Say present. I believe that most marriages end in divorce because one or the other is never present. You're here, but you're not present. Right? Sometimes we got to leave the phone at the door. We walk in the house, leave the phone at the door. I'm speaking to husbands and wives tonight. Leave the phone off. Come up with the time. My husband and I are doing this. We come up with the time and our phones go off. So if you try to get a hold of us after a certain time, sorry. Right? Why? Because it's a distraction. It's a distraction. There's so many distractions that keep us from being present when Jesus is here and wants to speak to us. Right? So stop. Psalm 23, it's so interesting because it says that the Lord is my shepherd, remember? I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. Right? Why the still waters? I read someplace and I can't remember where and I might be, that article might be wrong, but I read that sheep are skittish and the shepherds had to bring the sheep to still waters, not fast waters because they were afraid. I don't know, I might be wrong on that. But anyways, they'd lead them by the still waters so that you can drink. There's a place in the quiet that he wants to speak to you right? Sometimes we have to turn off the noise. Say, turn off the noise. Most of us want more of God and he wants to give you more. Do you know that the Bible says that he never leaves you, which means he's always with us and we're always wondering where he's at. Lord, where are you? And he's like, I'm right here. Take the earbuds out. Turn the TV off. I'm going to meddle and you guys are going to get mad at me and offended. <laughs> but I'm here to save your soul. My heart is that you will encounter Jesus daily. That is what we are designed for. He died on the cross, rose again, gave us the Holy Spirit so we can have a relationship with him daily. Every day to involve him in our lives and to not be so busy that we forget when we wake up in the morning, our feet hit the floor and we go. And a lot of times our devotional time is just a duty and it's not relationship. It's like, well, I spend time with God. We mark it off our list, chink, and then we move on. And we give him no time to speak. You know, there's times, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it doesn't matter. There's times when, I'm going to stick to my thing. You guys good? <sighs> okay, Lord, yes. Psalm 37, 7 says this, be still, say be still. be still. And rest in the Lord. Wait for him. Say wait for him. Yes, wait for him. 
Wait for him and patiently lean yourself upon him. Listen, start with five minutes. Start with five minutes. When you're in the time with God, turn off everything and give him five. And just say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Jesus, what are you saying? Be aware that he's there. Amen? Say, be aware. Look, Habakkuk 2.14, for as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness. Say awareness. Awareness. Do you guys, are you guys aware that he's here right now? Do you know that being aware of him does not mean you feel him? Do you always feel him when he's around? I don't. I love it when I do. I really do. But we don't always feel him. But listen, we always have to be aware that he's there. Right? Say aware. In Exodus 3, you guys remember this story where Moses was in the wilderness? Say wilderness. Isn't it interesting that a lot of encounters in the Old Testament happened in the wilderness? We're so quick to want to get through the wilderness and he's like, hey, I've got so many encounters in the wilderness, so many burning bushes. If you just turn aside and see. Moses had to turn aside and see. He was aware of something Say aware, aware, aware of, of his presence. We need to look for his glory. Amen. Amen. I'll have you go to the piano. I'm almost done. You guys ready? Got about 10 minutes. Say, listen, listen. Luke 10, 38 through 42 says this. And Jesus, one of my favorite stories. And Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. <clears throat> her name was Martha. Isn't that interesting that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home? And Martha <laughs> was the one that got busy and distracted. I believe many of us sometimes will open the door for Jesus and then get busy and forget he's even there. We get busy making sandwiches that Jesus never ordered. Mary sat down attentively, say attentively. That means she was present. Mary sat it down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation that he shared. Do you notice that Mary wasn't doing anything for him? But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus. How many of us interrupt Jesus? But, but do you really? But I'll be right back. But I really got to do this. But I really want to finish the rest of that show. But I really want to go on the boat. But I really want to go hiking but I really want to 
but I really want to. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You think Martha was offended? Offense kept her from sitting at the feet of Jesus. You should tell her to get up and help me. And the Lord said, oh, absolutely. Mary, get up and get moving. You need to go help your sister. She's doing all the work by herself. But the Lord answered her and said, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away. Say pulled away. Good things can pull you away from the one thing. Was serving a bad thing for, Mar for Mary and Martha? Is serving bad? It, but it pulled her away because Jesus was there and he wanted her present. He said, Mar or he said Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing, say choosing, it's your choice. Do you know that he'll never make you sit at his feet? He'll never make you, nor will he be mad at you if you don't. Isn't that amazing? Because he's not the one missing out. You are. Everything that he has, it's interesting because in this, in this story, Jesus is there pouring out everything that he has. And Mary is listening with everything in her to every single thing he's saying. And then there's another story where Mary is actually the one pouring out everything on Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? We have to realize that when we're in our time with the Lord, it's not just about us pouring out on Him. Listen, because we can get busy, we can do our devotion, we can, we can read, we can get revelation, and we can move on. And he's going, man, I had so much to say to you. But you just got busy in a hurry. We are the most hurried society in the world. We're in a hurry to wait. That's me. I'm always in a hurry. I'm like in a hurry and then I wait. Right? It's like you get to the airport three hours early because you don't want to be late. And it's like you're three hours early. To what? You sit and wait. Here's, I believe, three things that was happening in Mary's heart. Remember, stop, look, and listen. Do you know that doing is amazing, ministry is amazing, those things are awesome. God puts a call in our life and those things are amazing. But do you know without Him, it's exhausting and weary? With him, with him, it's our worship. He wants us to enjoy the things that we do. And I believe that when we get to a point and we don't enjoy the things that he designed for us to enjoy is because we, not him, we have done it in our own strength and not in his might. 
and not in his power. Sitting at his feet, I believe, is three things. Humility, devotion, and trust. When Mary made the decision, say decision because it was a choice, Jesus said, he said, two in different translations, one says discovered, one said chose. Mary discovered, she chose to sit at his feet. She chose to humble herself. When you're sitting at somebody's feet, this is what it looks like. Hi, Jamie, put your foot down, please. This, this is humbling. Sitting at somebody's feet, it's humbling. She humbled herself, complete devotion, gazing upon him, listening to every single word that he said. He doesn't want you to miss a thing. Say be present. He wants you to be present with him. Listen, he won't be mad at you. But he's so passionate about everything he wants to give you. Why? because he knows it's good for you and he knows that you need it. Right, Donnie? Right. Donnie's like, yes. I'm, I'm your favorite, Donnie. Yes. Thank you, Donnie. I owe you a candy bar for that one. Sitting at his feet, humility, trust, and devotion. And it's interesting, in verse 42, it says this. Jesus, this is in red, it's Jesus speaking. Jesus says, Mary has discovered the one thing most important. Say most important. By choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. Say undistracted. Are you ever with your spouse? I use spouse because it's the only thing I can think of. And you're trying to talk to them and they're playing on their phone. My husband never does that. No, seriously. Or are you ever having coffee with somebody and you're talking to them and they start looking at their phone and they start looking at their phone and they're, uh-huh, yeah. Or what, what was that? Do you, like... What does that do to you? I'm like, my time isn't valuable to you or I don't matter. If my husband's doing it, then I don't matter. It says that Mary was undistracted. We need to train ourselves. Listen, church. We need to train ourselves to be undistracted when it comes to Jesus. Say undistracted. We need to be undistracted. We can train ourselves. Listen, the world wants to distract us. The enemy wants to distract you from being with him because being with him, you will know who you are and then you will be able to do everything that he's called you to do with him. That's why he's like, I'm gonna bring distractions so that we don't know who we are and we don't listen to what he wants to say to us. And then Jesus says this, and I won't take this privilege from her. Jesus is saying, it is a privilege 
that he gives us to sit at his feet and let him tell us all the things he wants to say. Say privilege. Privilege. Oh, but if uh, Michael Culliano showed up here, we'd sure want to sit and have coffee with him. We'd give up everything in the world to sit and have coffee with a MK or a, what's another one? A CS, Charlie Champ, or a BC, Bobby Connor. Oh, it's like, yeah, can I sit and have? And then we're like, Am I poking any buttons? I hope so. Because listen, those people are people. I love all of those guys. I love, I listen to all of them. But when they replace the one, I've got a big problem. When any person we're anxious to listen to before we will take the five minutes alone, undistracted at the feet of Jesus, I would like to propose that you've got idols in your life and they have the throne of your heart. I'm speaking to myself too. Even a BJ, right? Bill Johnson. I love Bill Johnson. I love Chris Vallis. I love all those guys. But I pray that I will go and run and sit and listen and sit at the feet of Jesus before I turn a podcast on and listen to what BJ has to say. And I want to I wanna challenge you. Take a season, a week, two weeks, a month, and don't listen to any of those podcasts. The time that you put on a podcast, I want you to just, can, you guys want to just try this? Just try it for, I don't know, give yourself a week, whatever it is. And instead of listening to the podcast, take that time and say, Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? What are you saying? Let him whisper. See, sometimes he comes in the wind. Sometimes he comes in the fire, right? Sometimes he comes in the earthquake. But most of the time, it's the still small voice. And here's the challenge. I, I will guarantee this, that the things that he speaks to you, the things that he speaks to you, when you go back and start listening to the people that you listen to, I guarantee you it'll be the same things that he just whispered to you. Because he wants to show you that he can speak to you directly. And you don't, try it. I've done it and it's exactly what happens. And all it does is it confirms that God speaks and he wants to speak, he wants to speak to you. He wants your undivided devotion. Amen? All right. Why don't you guys stand up?
Are you guys good? Anybody offended? If you are, I'm going to talk about it right now. See, I put it last because I figured do all that, and then if you get offended, then we can give that to the Lord and be free. Amen. I want you to close your eyes. <clears throat> there, I believe that there's an urgency. I believe that there is an urgency from heaven. And I believe it is the Lord crying out saying, I want time with you. I want you. I don't want your works. I want you. I don't want what you do. I want you. I want you. I want you. Undivided heart. Completely sold out for me. For my presence. And then when we do that, everything else that we do is pleasing and worship. And it's our privilege to do for him and with him. So with your eyes closed, once you put your hands out like you're going to receive something, say, Lord, is there anything in my life that hinders my awareness of you? be offense, bitterness, it can be indifference, doubt, fear. Some of you here are mad at God. Some of you here are indifferent. Some of you here are actually living like the world thinking it's okay. And some of you here actually think that you hear from God, but it's not God because you're not actually living. The way that you know that you're supposed to be living. Might be somebody online, but I believe that the Lord is challenging you and saying he's not, he doesn't look lightly on that. Say, Lord, is there an idol in my life that I have seated on the throne of my heart that I have first instead of you? Some of you single people, it could be trying to find a spouse. That has become a throne in your life. You're seeking that more than you're seeking him. And I'm telling you, Matthew 6.33 says to seek first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say seek first your mate. It says seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added to you. Be solely seeking him and I guarantee you that everything else is going to be added. So Lord, we give you these things tonight. God, any area in our heart that we have an idol, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a child, whether it be ministry, whether it be a calling, whether it be a gift, whether it be our job, 
whatever thing in our heart that we have given place to that should be you. Father, we give you that tonight. We give it to you tonight and we say, Jesus, take the throne of my heart tonight. I give that place back to you. You and only you will have that place. I give you any offense. I give you any bitterness, God, because I want no hindrances in my life that will stop me from hearing you clearly and seeing you rightly. Jesus, we love you and we surrender all to you tonight. Every single ounce of us, we will be present, undistracted, Jesus, we love you. You are our one thing. The one thing that we seek and the one thing that we desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze upon your beauty and to behold your splendor, that we would miss nothing that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God is good and he wants you. Can you believe that? The God of the universe, the God that created the heavens and the earth wants you to sit at his feet so he can speak to you. Isn't that nuts? But that's what he wants. All right, we'll have the ministry team come up here. If you want more prayer, come on up here. Otherwise, good night. God bless you and we'll see maybe none of you tomorrow, maybe some of you tomorrow. Have a good night.